This is Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. Welcome to Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. This is where you can find out all you need or want to know about Downtown Halifax. I'm Alana McDonald-Mills, Director of Marketing. And I'm Ivy Ho, Director of Communications. We are your hosts for Downtown Lowdown. This is episode 26, and it's our 14th weekly special COVID-19 episode. We're recording this episode via video conferencing as we continue to work remotely from our homes. So we apologize in advance for any issues with the sound quality. First up is a conversation with Rustam Southwell, CEO of the Black Business Initiative, or BBI, in downtown Halifax. He is going to talk to us about the work that the BBI is doing in Halifax and the importance of Black business owners in our community. Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission, will give us updates on DHBC's virtual AGM, latest advocacy efforts, and two DHBC business grants available to DHBC members. We'll also review what businesses have been doing since the Nova Scotia government announced on June 5th the easing of restrictions as the next steps of reopening the province. We'll then finish with what to expect when entering a business and what businesses have reopened in downtown Halifax. This episode is being recorded on Monday, June 15th, 2020. Information regarding the pandemic and businesses reopening is still changing rapidly. To keep up to date, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash COVID-19 or novascotia.ca slash coronavirus. Now we begin our discussion with Ivy and Rustin Southwell, CEO of the Black Business Initiative. Today, we are welcoming Rustam Southwell, CEO of the Black Business Initiative, or BBI, in downtown Halifax. He is going to talk to us about the work that BBI is doing in Halifax and the importance of Black business owners in our community. He will also weigh in on the momentum that the Black Lives Matter movement has gained in recent weeks, along with the impact of COVID-19 on the businesses BBI represents. So, Rustam, thank you so much for joining us today on Downtown Lowdown. I uh, really appreciate your time today. Uh, so we'll just get right into some questions. Um, first of all, I, I believe that you started, you founded Black Business Initiative, was it 17 years ago? Is that correct? Uh, no, actually, it's a little bit more than that. It's uh, oh. 1994, 1996. Okay. All right. So can you tell us more about Black Business Initiative and some of its core programs? Yes, certainly. And first, thank you for inviting us to do this. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, I'm the first staff member, so I consider myself the founding staff member. Um, in 1996, the federal and provincial governments uh, had decided that there was not an impact on the growth of black businesses in the, in the province. And I think there was a corporation agreement at the time that launched the initiative as a black business initiative. And after some consultation with the community, a task force report was um, designed to outline the initiative, and I was hired to implement it. I, I stayed till about 2012, retired, and got called back in 2016, so here I am again. The BBI really is, um, is designed to address the unique needs for black entrepreneurs and black business owners and the black community at the time, in the late 1990s, to, to counter the marginalization of um, business and economic development in our community. Our partners were a core from the federal side, and at the time, economic development from the provincial side. And it has continued um, at various levels since then. Uh, we, provide, um, we provide a myriad of services. We do the full gamut of uh, business development services, um, lending, counseling, training, and all the development aspects that comes along with that. 
Uh, we also got involved um, quite deeply with um, community economic development, as it was called then. So there are about 85 uh, so organizations across the province, because we are a provincial organization, have benefited from from our support. So areas that you may not think that we had a hand in, um, the Black Cultural Center, when they wanted to do a full refurbish of the museum, uh, we were the ones that helped with the plan, the applications, and saw the manager as an intermediary, uh, passing the funds from the government. Sure, and we did the same for after the the Black Boys, um, under what we were calling then a cultural tourism strategy, because that identified that there were no no assets on the ground. And we thought we'd build those up. And so that was a, a more visual one that's really successful right now. But our youth program business is getting a good pace lately too. And, um, you know, we've been doing that for since 1999. Um, and places that you wouldn't think that we were involved with, like Hope Blooms, for example, when Jesse wanted to kick off Hope Blooms. Yeah, that was and such a big success story too. That turned out so way more than we had anticipated. But before they had anything at all, we would give them maybe um, a few thousand dollars per year from our development fund, provide business camps with them, and help them through that period of time. And now it's it's blossomed to such a huge initiative um, from innovative leaders as well. And so we've done uh, a lot of that. But we do the the training initiatives, um, the loan fund and other such activities that help um, businesses to succeed. Yeah, so you really demonstrated that your reach is far beyond just business. But, you know, I know that a lot of businesses do rely on your services, your your programs and training. Um, and to get into the business part of things, you know, pre-pandemic, you know, now that we're in a pandemic right now, but pre-pandemic, what were some of the challenges that black business owners faced when opening or running a business? Yeah, I think, I mean, some of them are uh, the same as most uh, business persons. And because we're, we're on, a, on, a, on a mandate of uh, wealth creation, job creation, high wage um, development, we were very cognizant of what, uh, first, what were the needs. And what we found was uh, preparedness and uh, management skills, business, business skills, like operational skills. And I say that because some of the companies, an example, somebody might decide they would like to go into a restaurant and become a restauranter. And the reason they think they can do it is because they can cook, right? And sometimes cooking is the last thing you need for a restaurant business, you need management skills. And so one of the things that was challenging the, the community was a, a history of um, proper management skills and, um, and service, uh, service provision. Uh, obviously, for the black community, there's always a, a lack of uh, credit, um, and that was a, a critical issue at the time. And um, connectedness. We've not done a really good job at, at networking with the folks from the chamber, and, uh, downtown Halifax Commission, and others who have a network of entrepreneurs and business people. One of the things that we try to push from our perspective is that Business people like to talk business. They like to boast about their business uh, and, and speak about their business as well. So what we were seeing was that uh, tendency to congregate into the easy entry companies, uh, the service companies, construction, the, the difficulty with those 
that a lot of those companies, regardless of who are running them, who the managers are, they're very high risk, uh, low returns if you're not careful. So because um, we tended to the service sector, hair um, care, restaurants, retail, um, we actually had designed uh, uh, initiatives to encourage our, our clients and business owners to look at um, what we call a non-traditional business sector because we had, we had um, sufficient volume in those other ones, and that's getting awareness of the technology. Sorry, that the technology and other aspects as well to to move those companies out. So those are some of the generic ones, and you know, uh, capital access to to funding, um, discriminatory behavior, uh, those type of things had also caused unique challenges to the sector we were representing. Do you find that you know more black business owners are moving into the the technology and innovation sector? Do you uh, find that over the years? Not enough. Um, there are some folks who've had uh, good successes. Ross well, Simmons. Um, there's a, a couple uh, youngsters now. Versity, um, and I think two or three companies we're seeing who's coming in and doing that. Uh, but there's so much scope for that. Like an example is right now. Um, uh, I haven't been in the office um, for weeks on end. I go back and forth. I went down this week. And so being aware of technology and using technology as a strategy to sell and run companies and getting the proper data analytics and um, running your company from those things, you can see a benefit to that. So we have um, some companies that are embracing it, but we don't have sufficient companies in the in the technology and science-based uh, economy as, as, as we would like. And that's one of the areas that we're trying to right. the, the digital age uh-huh. participation. So you mentioned that, you know, you've been maybe to the office a few times, you know, and we are in a pandemic right now. So has the impact of, the, of COVID-19 uh, been more profound on the black businesses, black-owned businesses? And if so, how? I think what we're seeing is because the black community in its own natural social aspects perform or exist in the margins and being marginalized, uh, COVID has impacted societies like that. Where even if you get into the areas where most of the black community is, they're already socially at a distance behind. So there's that element of catching up. And we're, we're, as I was saying a few minutes ago, a large, huge majority of our, our businesses, our clients, were actually within the mandate to close from the province. Because remember, there's only certain types of companies that were mandated to close. Uh-huh. Uh, com- that wasn't um, done so much uh, publicly, but there are some companies that could have stayed open if they wanted to. So the restaurants here care. And those type of industries were for close to A lot of um, a lot of the, the the commerce for the for the black businesses that we deal with was uh, shut down. Um, it's you know it's sometimes funny because in whenever there's a pandemic or a situation like this, some people can benefit out of it. We know of a of a food truck in area that has done swimmingly well because of the fact that. They were able to get on the side of the road. They can socially distance, and they can still serve uh, serve food. And they took advantage of that. 
Um, uh-huh. The other companies are highly, where we are, are highly in construction as well. And because of the, 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 the volume of companies that are doing various pieces of construction, that also took, took a, a significant um, hit. And so we saw, we saw that as, as, a, as a challenge for our companies. And the other thing um, that COVID would have brought, that brought out is that the, the size of the enterprises, many of the, the, many of the enterprises and the services and supports offered by the government, a uh, fair amount of our companies have um, fallen to the crack and doesn't necessarily qualify for the type of supports or to have a stronger benefit for the type of support. So we, we actually expect that, um, that uh, there'll be some shedding of companies because of the, the nature of the type of uh, companies that we, we deal with. It's, they're small, and so uh, many of them couldn't have fully benefited, or uh, even some of them didn't qualify for many of the services that the government was giving them. So that meant that um, I made the point uh, when Minister Jolly was in, I made the point that it's likely that 20 years of work um, that we've done in the black community could be wiped out uh, because because of that. And um, it, it means that we have to do a better job of um, having uh, good uh, entrepreneurs and managers look at alternate uh, type of companies and not necessarily the comfort zone to, to address that. Um, the other thing is we probably have to push to make sure that uh, the companies that are existing can have access to the services that are provided now. And we've done that with a major campaign of um, weekly updates and the, the chamber updates that done Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We would take the material and, and circulate it on mass and also directly. So if you're running a construction company, you'll get that out to, to them. But we, we still believe that um, uh, largely uh, the sectors that we're heavily involved in and the enterprise size um, put, those at, put them at critical risk as, uh, as may not be the same in the, in the mainstream community. I was going to ask you about some of the government emergency relief programs and have they been helpful to black-owned businesses? But you said that they, some of them weren't even eligible for uh, for those programs. Are there any um, programs that are specific to black business owners? And if not, do you think it would be beneficial to have those? Well, yeah, I mean, that's a good question. And we thought so. We thought that some of the um, provincial programs uh, – and some of the current programs that have been announced could have been um, could have been um, tailor made a little bit more for um, folks in the in the community. Um, it's I mean there's a sense when you're dealing with um, marginalized communities and communities at a different stage on the stacking blocks for a sprint. There's a sense that well all sides fit all. Um, I mean, it's a good sentiment, but unfortunately, in real life, it doesn't manifest itself that way. I made the point that I came to speak about Titanic, where first class, 60% survival, second class, about 40, and third class is 23. Unfortunately, a lot of times, because of um, a racialized society, the companies that we deal with are always in the, in the third class of that tier, and that, that impacts on that. So when the government unfolds those, I've often said it's good to have a, 
a lens of um, of diversity. I can tell you that um, on the federal side, they have been listening. Um, we've had a lot of conversation. We haven't seen anything at this point, uh, but we we suspect that um, as those things develop, they would modify it as well. And there are the the other piece we as a service provider have asked if there's anything that we can do to help direct that as well. I'm willing to do that both to the province as well as a, as well as the as a, well as the federal agency. And yes, some of the companies we've dealt with have benefited from some of the programming. Uh-huh. They're, a little more, they're a little bit more sophisticated. Um, some of them have um, have accounting and support. Uh, teams of consultants who, who've helped them. And some of them, quite frankly, have called us and read the material that's been shared and use it to their benefit. So, um, but we think that it could make a better impact. We think that it can be more, uh, drastic to this particular community who have long-standing, um, long-standing communications. Uh, even to the extent that we've been at it for 20 years. And if you look at a, a chart of how our funding cycles has gone, instead of going up, it's, it's, it's just gone, gone down over the years. So we're actually working on 75% real dollars of where we started 20 years ago. Uh-huh. That's, that's a telling stat, right? So, yeah. yeah, as you say that you've been working on this for 20 years more, you know, or more. Um, but, you know, recently the Black Lives Movement has gained considerable momentum uh, albeit in response to recent and devastate, recent devastating and tragic events, um, has this momentum been able to put more focus on Black-owned businesses? Um, you know, in more recent times, and has it, oh, yeah. has it helped? It certainly has. Um, uh, like every bit of it, though, the warts, the warts, and 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 the glories uh, have uh, come to come to fore. One thing that we found is that. Um, there is a, a more focus from the mainstream and other communities, at least at least right now, uh, motivated to ask, what can I do to help? How can I make a difference? Um, it's too early to judge on sincerity, but we know there um, a fair amount of effort to help us um, the leader when it comes to addressing that. And some of some of the people I've known personally, so I know where where their hearts are, and who have um, shown that willingness. What what we see most is that um, the companies whose leadership are sufficiently enlightened are the quicker ones off the off the ground and a much more meaningful and impactful uh, suggestion. So we've used this time. To respond to the folks who have been, who have been, uh, who have been calling, uh, we've used this time to respond to our community as well in terms of getting them, getting the community to realize that in this darkest of hours, uh, we have uh, COVID is uh, disproportionately affecting us, and now the horrific uh, racism and murders that you're seeing in the United States of America. Um, it is uh, in this time, it is time to look at the enlightenment because we won't be able as a community to get out of this on our own. There's about 1.2 million black uh, people in, in Canada. 
although it sounds like a significant number, and that would, if you were supposed to properly, uh, probably to probably have Nova Scotia and PEI, in the broader sense of things, that's not being reflected in, in the in the in the economy. And so, when when this type of thing happens, and the light is shone on our community, it means that the folks um, like Al Jones and those guys who've been in trenches uh, pushing those issues for years, that they were right. They were quite right uh, in doing that. And it gives us a chance as a community to heal and create uh, create uh, results. Um, it is it is the best way to move forward. Uh, it is the best way for uh, the public sector and the private sector to be involved in in the solution. And some folks have stepped forward, willing to to help. Uh, some of them willing to put their hearts and soul in the challenge that 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 we have. Which it is a scourge on humanity. Uh, and it's not going to change unless all people, not just uh, not just the, the few who have been damaged, but all people are willing to, to put their lives at risk and their 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 sentiments to the forefront to, to, to resolve the situation. Otherwise, it's going to continue not just in black business, but in society as a whole. Right. I mean, you're really implying that you know there's there's awareness. You know, there is sincerity, but it seems like action needs to catch up to that. Um, so am I correct in saying that? That is correct. I mean, it's, I mean, it's not only just uh, creating policies, but it's implementing them and having the, the proper tools in place to make sure that they're effective, uh, mm-hmm. result-oriented, and and create that level of, of change and understanding. It's not just mainly about about uh, tolerance because it's really about doing doing the right thing once in a while to make sure that um, I'm you know I'm a little bit older than most of folks on my team so mm-hmm. I've been around the block for quite a while right gone that in the 60s and you don't want to see us uh, keep and I'm sure others in the 40s or whatever you really don't want to be doing this cycle and here's a good chance to to do the do the right thing and, and make that uh, correction uh, at this point. Right. So bringing that to my last question um, and bringing it back to local, uh, what can Haligoians do to do better in supporting black business, the black business community? So at, at the point that um, the George Floyd uh, was, um, was murdered, there was a, a, a quick call and a, a clarion call to have a lot of, we've, we've, we've been publishing a business directory, for example, uh, since uh, about 98, 99, there have been a lot of requests uh, for that um, to use um, the services and provide the same as we did with COVID and asking asking the community to step up for for, um, for companies. Uh, some people are having the drive to look for black companies as well. And there's, um, and there's a community effort is also uh, Adopt a company um, in terms of um, getting the word out to to your friends and family that you know, here's a service that's done uh, quite uh, quite well from 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 a, a black owned business or entrepreneur. Companies like uh, Simmons Paving, Bing Doctor, 
um, with Dala uh, Johnson, uh, Delicious Desserts. There's so many of those companies who actually can have uh, support for, from the community is uh, a big part of it. Uh, and the other thing, quite sincerely, is um, being, being for part of the participation because um, uh, there's a network of women uh, businesses, for, for example, that um, that can be can be supported as well at, the, at this time. So we find we find that 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 would be one step. The other step is to 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 um, like to find ways to support. Boys on the call, for example, uh, we've spoken since then about strategies that we can can do and. Um, uh, the CFID um, has has reached out, but there've been long-standing support. Um, Sean O'Regan, who's been supporting our initiative since his inception, like he has called and we had a long conversation about the situation, what he's going through as a business owner, what we are going through as a community, how important it is for us to all pull together to to get to the next stage, and those are the things that would that would see us through. So there's so many pieces there. That's there that we are uh, we're willing to to navigate that. There are a lot of uh, black community organizations like Akuma and UNDPAD and others, Hack on the health side, who are doing good work, and we can support those with, with uh, information or any other any other means that that, um, that can help while they provide that service. Because it's a time, it's really a time when when um, Black, white, and the entire society, the whole community, need to step up and help us um, help us to get to this this cause. And, and um, it's a it's a grand fight. It's, it's a battle that some of us have been in longer than others, but it's it's something that can be won. Well, we definitely have some a great uh, a good number of black owned businesses in downtown Halifax, and we'll definitely help to support them and to really shine a light on those businesses. Um, Rustam, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate your your talking to us. Uh, a great conversation, um, and loved chatting with you. So thank you so much. Thanks, Rustam Southwell is the CEO of Black Business Initiative, located on Hollis Street in downtown Halifax. Along with a team of committed consultants, Rustam offers a variety of business consultancy services to local Black-owned businesses. For more information on Black Business Initiative, visit bbi.ca. You can also follow them on Facebook at Black Business NS or on LinkedIn by searching Black Business Initiative. We now have Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission. He will give us updates on DHBC's virtual AGM, latest advocacy efforts, and two DHBC business grants available to DHBC members. So take it away, Paul. Well, thanks, Ivy. Uh, yes, lots to uh, report on. Um, so the, first and foremost, we'll talk a bit about the uh, the grants, uh, the two grant programs that Downtown Halifax Business Commission uh, launched very recently. And uh, again, these are um, these are grants that are available directly to our members to help them uh, top defray some of the the costs uh, associated with uh, with this crazy time we're in. So we actually had two different grants. One was called a back to business grant, um, and that was really based on the idea that as as businesses were opening or reopening or having to to make some adjustments to, to operate. Uh, during this time, there was additional expenses that came with that. So whether that was personal protective equipment, or you know, installing plexiglass is a really common one. You know, or having to 
to invest in you know floor decals and signage and and that type of thing kind of any any costs that were that are kind of over and above and, and unexpected because of this uh, of this pandemic um, we we created the back to business grant uh, which was uh, good for up to a thousand dollars so the grants uh, are available right now the um, the application has been open for a little while and it's actually going to be closing on June 17th um, and uh, it's been a really popular program. We've, we've had over 60 applications for that. Uh, we, we don't have enough money in the bank to, uh, to fulfill all those. So we will be making some selections um, for people that have applied and we'll be announcing those on June 23rd. So uh, if you haven't applied, you've still got time to do so. Uh, just go to uh, downtownhalifax.ca. And the selection is really, you know, a random draw for all those that are eligible for the grant, correct? That's right. Anyone that's applied, uh, mm-hmm. if we have to pick and choose, we'll do that through a, through a random draw process. Uh, and then the other grant program was called our e-commerce grant. Uh, and, and similar, uh, we're, we're really hoping to encourage businesses that, that obviously have been impacted in terms of not as much you know, walking traffic or walk-by traffic uh, to really encourage uh, businesses that are selling products uh, to, to get involved with e-commerce. So whether that's building a whole new website or making modifications to your websites, you can actually sell products online. This is something we've wanted businesses to do for a long time. Um, and I think it's something that it's, it's a great investment because it can last well beyond this pandemic. Uh, but if your business is looking at doing that, there is some financial assistance that THBC can give you, uh, and that's a grant for up to $1,500. Um, and, uh, w- uh, again, we've had a number of applications for that one as well, and that's the uh, it's the same closing date. So June 17th is when the applications close, uh, and they'll make announcements about those on June 23rd. Uh, another similar program uh, that we'd like to promote uh, is called the Digital Adoption Program. Uh, and this is a, a new uh, grant program that's uh, being offered through NSBI or Nova Scotia Business Inc. Um, and again, it's it's all about um, defraying some of those costs for, for getting online and setting up an e-commerce site. And so there's more details uh, around that particular program at uh, novascotiabusiness.com. Uh, and it's also a good opportunity, I guess, to say there's, there's a whole uh, suite of government programs that are available. Uh, it's, it's almost too, ma- too many to keep track of. But uh, luckily for uh, anyone listening to this, we've got a, uh, a nice guide to them all uh, on our website. So if you go to downtownhalifax.ca and the COVID-19 page, all the appropriate links are there for the, for the different programs at the different levels of government. So uh, certainly if you're uh, a business, um, check out all those programs and, and see which ones uh, you may be eligible for. As a not-for-profit society, uh, Downtown Halifax Business Commission has an annual general meeting uh, every year, uh, as the name would imply, annually. Uh, and we do all sorts of uh, exciting things. We uh, we nominate new board members. Of course, we, we review the financial audit uh, for the year. Uh, we do do some sort of uh, you know year in review presentation. Um, and w- one of the one of the most exciting things about the uh, the meeting every year is that we we always pick it to be at a different location. We always want to highlight a different member downtown, and usually it's a great opportunity for businesses to get out either after work or at lunchtime, or sometimes last year we did it at breakfast time. Um, so that's always really fun. It's, it's a good opportunity for us to, to to talk directly with the members, for members to kind of come out, uh, meet other members, and, and usually get a great meal. Uh, unfortunately, because of what's happening now, we uh, we can't have large gatherings. Um, so we're going to do what, like a lot of other organizations have done, and, and kind of put off our put off for a little while our next social gathering. And we're going to be having a virtual annual general meeting, uh, which is going to be happening June 24th at 9:30. The AGM is open to uh, to any and all members uh, that want to participate, um, and uh, we were we have been advertising it through our regular updates. So if you're a member, you should be getting our updates. Uh, but if for some reason you haven't, uh, please send a note to info at downtownhalifax.ca, uh, and we'll get you signed up both for the AGM and we'll get you signed up for the uh, to bring in the updates uh, as well. 
And it's not, again, it won't be quite as exciting. We won't be able to, to meet in person. Um, uh, but because we can't uh, have it at, at one of our businesses, uh, one of the drawing uh, cards will be uh, for anyone that, that comes to the AGM, we're going to have a draw for a $500 gift basket worth uh, worth, worth $500 of, uh, of gift cards from various downtown establishments. So it's a way that we can kind of support our members at the same time. Um, and of course, you'll still get, you won't get, uh, you won't get physically fed, but you'll be fed with all sorts of great information about downtown Halifax, what we've been up to the past year and, and what's coming up. So, so your uh, mind will be fed. Your mind will be fed. Uh, bring your own breakfast, but but who knows? Maybe you'll get that. Uh, maybe you'll be the prize winner, and, uh, and there'll be all sorts of exciting stuff in there. So, uh, so again, June twenty fourth at nine thirty, and hopefully we will see you there. Great, thanks, Paul. So we were talking to Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission. He updated us on DHBC's virtual AGM, latest advocacy efforts, and two DHBC business grants available to DHBC members. Downtown Halifax Business Commission is committed to providing the latest information to DHBC members to help business through these challenging times. In response to COVID-19, DHBC is following the directors of the Nova Scotia Health Authority and is asking businesses in downtown Halifax to do the same. DHBC has three resource pages for businesses and for the public. For the main COVID-19 business resource page, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash COVID-19. For what's open in downtown Halifax, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash open. To find out how businesses are staying connected to the community, customers, and clients, go to downtownhalifax.ca slash connect. On March 22nd, the province of Nova Scotia declared a state of emergency. The Nova Scotia government has extended the state of emergency to June 28, 2020. Police are authorized to enforce orders under the Protection Act related to self-isolation and physical distancing and can issue summary offense tickets to those not adhering to these orders. On May 27th, Premier Stephen McNeil and Dr. Robert Strang, Chief Medical Officer of Health for Nova Scotia, announced the next steps towards reopening the province. Effective June 5th, most businesses required to close under the public health order were allowed to reopen. Businesses must follow protocols in the plan that is tailored to their sector. This includes following the public health protocols to ensure physical distancing, increasing cleaning, and other protective measures for staff and customers. The following were allowed to open if they were ready and chose to do so. Restaurants for dine-in, as well as takeout and delivery, bars, wineries, distilleries, and tap rooms, personal services such as hair salons, barbershops, spas, nail salons, and body art establishments, fitness facilities such as gyms, yoga studios, and climbing facilities, veterinarians, but however, lounges are not permitted to open at uh, this time. The child care sector is able to reopen today, June 15th. Pools can begin maintenance to prepare for reopening. Other health providers were also allowed to reopen on June 5th, provided they followed protocols in their colleges and associations plans as approved by public health. These include dentistry and other self-regulated health professions such as optometry, chiropractic, and physiotherapy. Unregulated health professions such as massage therapy, podiatry, and naturopathy. Existing public health directives around physical distancing remain in place. People must keep two meters apart. On May 29th, the province announced new gathering limit of 10. The gathering limit applies to things like social gathering, arts and culture, activities like theater performances and dance recitals, faith gatherings, and sports and physical activities. It also applies to businesses whose main function is gatherings, such as theaters, concerts, festivals, and sporting activities, and to businesses that are too small to ensure physical distancing. View full notices and other recently lifted restrictions from the Nova Scotia government at novascotia.ca slash coronavirus slash hashtag alerts. 
These were just some of the measures that may affect businesses, visitors, or workers in downtown Halifax. To support businesses that are currently open, recently opened, or those planning to reopen or expand their services, the province has developed an online service at novascotia.ca slash reopening nova scotia. The site provides information to help businesses begin to develop plans and procedures to keep themselves, their staff, and the public safe. I'd also like to take this moment to remind listeners that we are recording this episode on Monday, June 15th, 2020. Elena is up next with what to expect when going into an establishment and how the public can support businesses in downtown Halifax. So go ahead, Elena. Thanks, Ivy. Hi, everyone. So we are a few weeks into businesses being allowed to reopen and life is starting to return to a new normal in downtown Halifax. More and more businesses are reopening, either for in-person service or for takeout and local delivery. I'm going to start today with an overview of businesses that have reopened since our last podcast. And then I'm going to suggest a few ideas for Father's Day, which is coming up this Sunday, June 21st. And I'll finish with a few reminders about Reopen City and our partnership with Get in the Loop Halifax. Before I start, though, I just want to quickly review some of the new safety measures that businesses have implemented in order to ensure that they are providing the safest possible environment for staff and customers. I know that I have been over these before, but for those of you listening who haven't been able to venture out yet, here's what you can expect when you do go out again. Limited occupancy depending on size of store or business. Restaurants are only allowed 50% capacity. Many businesses now have controlled access at entry and exit points, and businesses may have separate entry and exit doors. Each business has their own physical distancing guidelines that will be posted in and outside of their space, so pay attention for signage and notices. In restaurants, tables will be two meters apart. Menus may either be laminated and wiped down between use, single-use prints that are discarded after each use, or they'll be available on your mobile device. Tables most likely will not be set when you sit down. Staff will bring dishware to the table as needed. Washrooms will have reduced capacity, and all services will be sanitized after use. Staff may be wearing personal protective equipment, including masks and or gloves, and they may ask that you wear them also. Most stores will have hand sanitizer stations set up for staff and customers to use, and they may insist that you sanitize your hands when entering their business. Many places are asking that customers or clients come alone to shop or to their appointments. Many restaurants are asking that you dine within your bubble. Many restaurants and stores have installed shields or sneeze guards at cashier stations. All establishments have increased their cleaning and sanitization procedures. Most places are not accepting cash for the foreseeable future. Make sure you have a credit or debit card to pay. And one last thing, many businesses are adding a COVID surcharge on services to help cover the cost of extra cleaning and PPE supplies. So don't be surprised if you see that on your bill. Retail stores that sell clothes that you can try on have to sanitize the items before they are put back on the rack. So if you try anything on, make sure to ask the staff what to do with the item of clothing that you've tried on because they will have to be sanitized. Business owners all over the city have been working hard to ensure they are following the guidelines set out by public health. And they're excited to welcome you back. Please be patient as everyone adjusts to this new reality. And if you are able, please support our local businesses as they reopen. So here's a quick rundown of businesses that have reopened or are reopening this week for in-person service. And you can view the full list at downtownhalifax.ca slash open. So let's start with food and drink establishments. Baton Rouge Steakhouse and Bar on Hollow Street is reopened for in-person dining and their patio is also open. Beerly's Host of Blues is reopened from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. daily. They have live music Friday night, Saturday afternoon, and Saturday evenings. You can follow them on Instagram to keep up to date at Beerly's Host of Blues. Bird's Nest Cafe is reopened. You enter through their old Civilette entrance just down from the Bird's Nest entrance. And they still have their online shop open. Visit birdsnesthalifax.com for more information. 
Camu Mediterranean is open again for in-person dining. They've implemented physical distancing measures and have only 50% capacity. You can follow at Camu902 to keep up to date. Moxie's Nova Center is reopened. They have a big patio right on Argyle Street. You can visit moxies.com and search the Nova Center location for more information. Obladia Wine Bar reopened on June 12th. They're still doing their care packages, and you can visit obladia.ca for more information. The Lower Deck has reopened. They will be open at 5 p.m. each day until 11 p.m. with live entertainment each night. Follow at the Lower Deck HFX on Instagram for more information and for their new safety procedures. Switching gears, Boutique Hair and Makeup on Granville has reopened. You can follow them on Instagram at Boutique Hair and Makeup for more information on their safety guidelines. Skin Decision, which is a body piercing place, is reopening by appointment on June 16th. You can follow at Skin Decision Studio on Instagram for more information. And Sin on Skin Tattoo Studio has, on Blower Street has also reopened. And most of the barbershops, salons, and spas are now open again in downtown Halifax. And they are not, most are not taking walk-ins anymore. So make sure you call ahead and book an appointment. And again, you can view the full list of businesses that are open for in-person service, takeout, curbside pickup, and or local delivery at downtownhalifax.ca slash open. And if you're a business in downtown Halifax and you're either reopening or making changes to the way you operate, let us know and we will help you get the word out. Email communications at downtownhalifax.ca. So Father's Day is coming up. It is this coming Sunday, June 21st, and it isn't too late to do something nice for your dad or the father figures in your life. Here are some ideas. Inkwell Boutique has put together a few different Father's Day packages featuring local products. You can visit inkwellboutique.ca to check out their Father's Day packages. The Weston has a Father's Day surf and turf barbecue packs for contactless curbside pickup. They marinate the meat and prepare the accompaniments, and you just need to fire up the grill. Pre-order by June 17th. Visit at WestonNS on Instagram for more information. Beerly's Host of Blues has teamed up with Cucina Express Catering for a Father's Day Lobster Weekend. On Saturday, they have a jerk lobster dinner for $29.99 and a steamed lobster dinner for $24.99. And on June 21st, they have lobster thermidor dinner for $19.99. They're open Saturday from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. and on Sunday from 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. They'll also have live music and drink specials. For more information, visit at Beerly's Host of Blues on Instagram. The Bird's Nest Cafe is having a special Mexican take-and-bake menu for this upcoming weekend. They have take-and-bake enchiladas, street corn, chips and guacamole, and more. Order online now for pickup on Friday, June 19th. Visit birdsnesthalifax.com to order. Biscuit General Store has new shirts by Ben Sherman in their handsome shop. They are now open for in-person shopping. Visit at Biscuit General on Instagram for more information. And many restaurants are open again for brunch, so you can take your bubble family out for a Father's Day brunch. A few suggestions are lot six. Moxie's Nova Center, the Old Triangle, and Salty's. You can also get brunch to go from many restaurants. I'd recommend trying a Brada Jamaican jerk joint. Or you can find a patio and enjoy a cocktail with your father or the father figures in your life. The Severn Go Beer Garden on the waterfront is now open again. Pickford and Black has a great patio right on the waterfront. Julep Kitchen and Cocktails on Barrington Street now has a big patio that goes up Prince Street. And of course, all the restaurants along Argyle Street have patios like Dirty Nellie's, The Pint, East of Grafton Tavern, and The Bitter End. So lots of options to celebrate Father's Day. And just two more things quickly before I go. Develop Nova Scotia is launching Reopen City, a revamp of I Love Local's Open City. As Nova Scotia reawakens, Reopen City is the opportunity to get out and support all things local. The goal is to rejuvenate the local economy safely. This year, it will be running four weekends from Saturday, June 27th to Sunday, July 19th. All local businesses are welcome to participate. Visit opencityhalifax.ca for more information and to register. 
And for the public, Reopen City will be a great opportunity to get out and experience downtown Halifax again after the shutdown. You can also visit opencityhalifax.ca to see what businesses from all over the city are participating. And finally, Downtown Halifax launched a partnership with Get in the Loop Halifax a few weeks ago. Get in the Loop is a free app that delivers exclusive deals and promotions directly from the businesses to your phone. We have over 30 businesses featured on the Downtown Halifax Loop now. So download the free app today. And if you are a business in Downtown Halifax that would like to be on the app, please email communications at downtownhalifax.ca for more information. And that's it for me. That concludes our special COVID-19 edition of Downtown Lowdown, Episode 26, recorded on June 15, 2020. For more information, visit downtownhalifax.ca. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.